Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Christmas week edition of Saints Radio. 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 And my daughter sent me something that says that today is the final 21st day of the 21st year of the 21st century. And there's a big frog who's saying that, so it must be true. And since we're both 21, we should definitely celebrate. Forever 21. We should start mm-hmm. a store. I know. So we hope everybody is uh, enjoying the, the goodness of the Lord and um, that your week is blessed in every way. Yes. Um hard to imagine that we're at Christmas time already <laughs> and Christmas is on a Saturday which I'm always grateful for when that Christmas comes but for me as a as a pastor Christmas on a Saturday is the least preferable day because you, you're investing yourself But then somehow you've got to split away from that to get before the Lord to find out what you're supposed to do the next day. So Christmas usually is full time and it usually wears me out. So and that's not a bad thing. I'm just saying it. You eat you eat a meal. You're playing with kids. You're spending time out of the norm. And it just kind of drains you when you get home. You just want to. You just want to rest. I don't know what it's like at your house. Of course, they meet at your house, so you're not getting home. You're, you're at home. Christmas is a full-time, overtime job for me. Yeah. In fact, I think every year I think, you know what? I'm going to get ahead of the game, and I'm going to get all this done. And so that I have a week, you know, the week of Christmas, I can just rest and, and enjoy it and pray and do all the things that I love. And... <laughs> it just rarely ever happens that way because yeah. you don't want to go through all of the everything that you go through to try to get it to get everything prepared and then not and then you send you stand i mean i'd literally just sit there and watch it just all like poof, <laughs> in a moment yeah. or the people come for lunch and then i'm serving and and then before i know it they're leaving and like you i mean i'm just I don't don't mind so much when it's on a Sunday because that's, you know, everybody's excited. You know, they, they, those that come to church are excited. We have an abbreviated service. Everybody's rejoicing. They say Merry Christmas to everyone. And then they go home and have their big celebration. That's not too bad. No, that's special. I think that's, I love Christmas. I love all that it requires too, but it does require a lot, I think more for some than others but i know i was scheduled to teach in our wisdom seekers class on sunday morning and this sunday morning and i was talking to the lord about that because i mean i don't have any free time this week except i am working on something else and you know i try to stay in the word every day at least spend an hour a couple hours or whatever in prayer and study that's not negotiable but uh So I started asking the Lord, you know, it'd be so nice if you would just give me something early and I could just study it out. And 
hammer out an outline and just set it aside and go in on Sunday morning after Christmas and just, but he kept saying, no, it's not going to work that way. So you are teaching this Sunday. Well, no, I ended up, I was asked to switch with Trisha Burke because of something that she was, yeah. something was hindering her last week, so. Well, I thought that happened. Yeah, but I was going to do it. I just, I just really did kept, I just kept seeking the Lord for an early bird word. <laughs> yeah, good, yeah, good blessing with that. There's not a lot of anointing for that around here. Well, you know, you, you, and I think, I think having to go out, I rephrase, going out in ministry into uncertain areas kind of prompts you to be ready, but then willing to get a word immediately. Which is prophetic. Yeah, it's what we all should be able to do, and. Yeah. Um, but then that becomes such an exhilarating part of who you are, and it's what you train yourself to be able to do, that it just seems to happen that way all the time. You yeah. Know? Well, actually, I think what I the, the Spirit was leading me to do, because, because it is the last Sunday of the year. Right? Yeah. The last Sunday of the year. Yeah. I was feeling led to go back through just this last season. And when I say that, I'm I'm really talking maybe September seminar f- until now and just go back and just revisit the things that he has said and the things that he has taught us over the course of the last three, four months and really just bring bring it to a point of just a recap of where we are and then prophetically where we were going as we cross over into the new year. But all that has changed. Well, I don't know where any of you are for this coming weekend, but we just simply ask the Lord to bless you and to give you um, an incredible time of celebrating his coming, and that you will be blessed in in every other way. And may you all stay safe and well. Um, may you be healthy. Yes. And praise God for all of that. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. We will have a, a Christmas Eve candlelight gathering here. I was talking with our Brazilian friends this this week, and I asked them what they were doing on Christmas. And apparently it's very similar to what we all do. <laughs> they get up. They do some things. I guess they open whatever presents they have, and then people come over to eat. (laughs) They did say that they were having an all-night prayer meeting on New Year's, which I'm still trying to sense what the Lord is wanting us to do here. And if there's anything particular that we as a network need to come into alignment with, but 
if that clarity will probably come either later this week or, or, or at least by Sunday. You know, God's kind of stingy with those kinds of things. And I, th I think for us, and I think part of it is that he wants our obedience and he wants to keep the enemy off guard by virtue of our obedience. I remember in, a few years ago when there were in our in our military when our government would announce weeks in advance that we were going to draw down troops on certain days it gave maligning forces an un, an unimaginable advantage and because they knew what we were going to do when and the outcry about that was great and deservedly so so um we'll just know that all of us are going to enter into the new year with uh, some type of an intercessory pursuit but we'll just kind of wait we, let's get through christmas first okay done 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 you know it it's this is really strange that at least for me um over the past 10 days or so I've been having just lots of dreams about here and what our network is and I had another one of them last night now I'm not used to having dreams with that rep repetitiveness I'm not used to having those and and again the only reason i'm saying this is that it, it doesn't have anything to do with me is very clearly having to do with this base of operations and um what i believe is our network so you know i said a couple of weeks ago i saw that writing about great favor over the platform which is great grace. And then I talked about seeing the African-American ministers and they, well, the one lady said good morning when I knew it was evening. And I knew that that signified at a time where we feel, you know, night is coming, that there is a great group that is, that is going to be joining us who for them it's, it's all new, which is great. It's kind of like getting a, a trade deadline all-star added to your team, which is always great. So this morning, I dreamed that I was standing over again in that area, um, in, in the altar area near the overflow room doors, and there was all kinds of activity going on in the sanctuary. It was almost like, the, and there were workers and people that I didn't know who they were. I mean, there were a lot of them. And they were getting this place ready for some kind of an event. <clears throat> and there was a man that came to me and said, <clears throat> you know, we're, we're getting equipment and we're getting uh, outfits 
for people. And uh, he was just reporting to me. And I came up stairs to where the balcony is. And the balcony, as I looked from right here in front of our booth, was massive. It was huge. And all of the pews had been taken out. All of them were taken out. And the, and the balcony just extended for a great, great distance. And it was like a massive um, stadium almost. And I looked to the left and our our audio equipment was there and I knew I was standing in front of the booth and I was looking at this and there were people all over the place. And somebody came over and said, Pastor, you need to get your new outfit. And I said, I don't want a new outfit. What I'm wearing is just fine. No, no, no. You've got to have a new outfit for this. And so they gave me something that was that was kind of weird to me. It was kind of gold and, and um, tan, but it was largely gold. And I won't describe what all it was. <laughs> I looked at it and I thought, okay. But then I was just transfixed on the fact that all these people were preparing this place, and and for me, I mean, where where our where our booth where we're sitting right now is part of our. It's enclosed, but it's part of the balcony. And like, if I would look out, there would it would it was just so vast that I couldn't even see the end of it, and all the pews were gone. And so then I I woke up and I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. So in the last 10 days, I've had three distinct dreams about this facility and about what our calling really is with great favor and the the African-American ministers coming in and now this great host of people preparing. It was almost like the feel of it kind of reminded me of when we would be in London for uh, one of the Broadway shows. And people were just all organized, and they had everything being set up. It was just a a well-oiled machine. But all of these workers and all of these people just busily going all over the place here, which was really stunning to me. It was just very interesting. So I woke up, it was four o'clock, and I thought, I can make some some real clear assessments of what this means, and I knew I needed to make some declarations, so I spoke, thank you, Father, that you're expanding our capacities and that you're strengthening the stakes and lengthening the cords, and uh, you are... You're giving us workers, whether they're Bezalel or whatever they may be classified as, but they look like every one of them knew what they were doing, and they were busily at work. And um, I thank you for this. Mm-hmm. And so I got here today, and I I declared great favor. I uh, thank God for it. I welcome the, the ministers that I saw in the most recent dream, and I'm still kind of, I can still see the the vision in my head 
of the balcony particularly, but there were people before I came up the stairs, and I don't even remember coming up the stairs. I was just up here. Um, there were people all over the sanctuary doing things. So, anyway, that's my story. That reminds me. So, do you think that in any way it had correlation to heaven? Well, like that's a that's a good point. That's a good point. I remember it's probably been twenty years ago. It's back when I just really didn't know much about anything. I was just my heart was just so on fire for whatever God was doing, and and I remember I had a dream that was so unexpected. But I dreamed just this clear, clear dream, just this moving, acting dream of walking into this sanctuary and it was very similar there were people there were scaffolding there were people that were working throughout the whole throughout the whole sanctuary it was like the lights were on there were scaffolding people were up they were hammering they were it's like they were building what god was doing and you, i remember you were in the balcony and um it was just, it was so real. It's like I walked into this construction site, and it was the inside of our sanctuary. But that, gosh, that was, that was in the very beginning. So I wonder, this must just be a new phase, not a remodel <laughs> by any stretch. Mm -hmm. But I, when you were talking about just the expanse of the balcony, I thought of, of heaven and what I always envision a lot of times when I come up here to pray and I enter into that place in the TTT or wherever, and it's just so expansive. And I, I, I don't see people because I don't really see that way a lot of times in my prayer, but I sense people everywhere. But Well, yeah, you know, we've, how many encounters have uh, the saints had when God removes the veil between earth and heaven and we're in intercession and we know the overlay of the true reality of heaven and so much of that in is indicated in our perception up here in the in the balcony area yeah so you're right i mean i i just You know, well, yeah, it's it's kind of strange because, again, um, these dreams have to do with all of our our mutual calling. Because um, no matter where you are, saints, you I think you all consider this place as your home, and this this outreach from this booth is is kind of our pulling up a chair with you and um it's definitely the connection the point of connection yeah i mean we connect it we connect in the spirit of course and we we come to the gathering place of intercession regularly but as far as a tangible point of connection yeah. as a communication center this is definitely it Wow. Well, that's uh, 
That's your story. That's dream. That's dream time. <laughs> On this 21st day of the 21st year of the 21st century. <laughs> well, I, I do have a word that the Lord actually spoke spoke to me on sun, early Sunday morning and then I was I, I I I was I wasn't surprised but I when I was listening to your message on Sunday morning cuz this this the Lord spoke this to me early on Sunday morning before I even came in or maybe I was upstairs but um you know the passage that and and I really do think this applies to us where we are now going into the the new year so from now until the end of the year as we transition into the new year but it's this very familiar passage out of psalm 19 that says let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight O yahweh my rock and my redeemer i think that's king james oh wait i'm in the wrong translation but as i was just meditating on this it really became a prayer, not just for me, but for all of us, that um, because you've been talking a lot about, and you talked a lot on Sunday morning about what we speak and what comes out of our mouth. And what comes out of our mouth should, I mean, doesn't the Bible speak about, some, about something about how it comes from the heart? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, mouth speaks. speaks. And so I guess the focus here was the meditations of my heart that they would be acceptable in his sight. And that, that word for acceptable means to have favor. And so I think that there's something here. And, and meditation here is this word, higion, which is our familiar sila kind of expression. Mm-hmm. And it's a very intense, it's like a murmuring sound. It's a musical notation. Um, but it's meditation of your heart that if if you look at Higion and what is the the root of that is haga yeah which means to murmur which is we talked about that when we were talking about meditation but we know the Higionoth or whatever I can't remember exactly how to to say that which is you find in the Psalms and I think you find it in Habakkuk which is that expression that I think often it'll lead you into a point of sila to work through something, but it always leads you into a measure of breakthrough. And so I just really felt like that was something that the Lord was doing in my heart, that there was like almost like a churning or a, um, I don't want to say it's uncomfortable, but it's, it's, He's working in there in my meditation on behalf of what he has in in store for us in breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's as we transition into the new year and as we do this, as we're faithful to do this. Now, I would say, oh, gosh, you know, let's do this with the instruments, but we're not really equipped to do that like maybe we could in the past. But I think just in our intercession Sometimes we can, I mean, if anything, just be willing to let that come out of us in our intercession. And from that, 
really drives what comes out of our mouth. And as we do that, then we find favor from Yahweh in the sight of Yahweh. That's good. You know, it 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 takes a discipline and it, it takes a strength to keep your heart focused. And and then how you meditate in your heart and what you say is it it's it's work. It it's a discipline. It's something that, you know, you you have to gird up yourself and and train from the standpoint of belief and partnership train that aspect of of who who you're supposed to be because the natural mind is going to be at war with this i mean you you have to it's not like power steering so what what you do in your prayers in your in, in your meditations before the Lord uh, really sets the stage for you to be strong in what you think and what you say. It's, it's not something you can just put on uh, cruise control. You can't just memorize a bunch of scriptures and spout them out. You know, you can, you Satan used scripture. But he didn't believe any of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he knew that there was power in them, but he wasn't in alignment with it. So just saying a bunch of scriptures is almost like reading creeds at the back of a hymnal. I mean, it, it doesn't indicate that you believe anything. And so you got to really work to get your heart, your spiritual heart, in alignment to me, it's like, you know, you always think about when you're in partnership with the Lord or in intercession or just transacting business with the Lord, which we should all be doing in spirit. You know, your heart is, you got to keep your heart clean, creating me a pure heart, a clean heart. Absolutely. But to me, this speaks of the function of your heart. Like your our, our heart is just not... He just didn't create us with his heart just so we could passionately pursue him, which he did, and we do. But to me, it, it speaks of like a deeper function of my heart to to partner with him in whatever he's chiding within me in partnership with him to bring breakthrough or to see, I, I don't know, maybe to to release a sound a word or whatever that would bring breakthrough. But the heart is so involved. And I think, you know, we talked a couple of weeks about, um, about meditation, and I know you, you spoke about that in one of the um, broadcasts, but I have not stopped forgetting about that and really just trying to, like you said, be disciplined about that. And, um, and you know, we talk about favor. I mean, that is where we find favor in his eyes. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's such a part of function to me. And I don't know, I just, I want every part of me to be active and used. <laughs> you know, I, I wonder about, you know, that passage that we quote about gird up the loins of your mind. 
Um, now, we know that the mind is important. It has to be disciplined. It has to be um, brought into alignment with what God wants. Because if it's not brought into alignment, it will oppose. So I'm wondering about the loins, which could speak of a couple of things. It could speak of um, musculature. It could speak of how you process things. And it could speak of creativity. Because the belt of truth covers all of that. Mm -hmm. So... You know, if you see somebody that has a six-pack, not in their hands, but, it, it, you know, that that's just the outward. There are intestines beyond that, and then there's the, the spiritual deposit, the, the deposit of spirit that's basically located there. So to me, all three of those have to do with what the loins are. And so that... The muscles don't just, as you well know, they they don't just exist on their own. They're interconnected, and um, I know that. To me, the mind has to be. Um, the, the mind has to be disciplined. It has to be developed. You have to keep on it. You have to. Let the mind be renewed. You mm-hmm. you have to you have to work at that, and there are a lot of pressures that are coming to try to control our mind, and um, but but the connecting point to that is to me the heart. What what our solar plexus is? What it what is the core of who we are, and um, so. The mind has to keep being kept on a rigid, on a rigid uh, agenda to stay firm and to stay in submission to the greater good of what we're called to be. And it's it's rough, you know. We were talking about someone just a few minutes ago, not gossiping. We were concerned who was facing a physical challenge and it was reported that they pretty much had given up. You know, circumstances in life can kind of try to cause you to to just think, well, what good is it? And you're either going to meditate and process those things properly or you're going to murmur and that's what you were talking about with the Higinoth and the Haggah. And um, whether you do it properly and go through like Joshua and Caleb did, or whether you murmur it and are destroyed to the destroyer, that's our example. But it's, 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 it's not as clear cut. I mean, you think over a million people and two and Moses were the ones that really overcame. And then two hmm. of them, Moses at the final point said, forget it. And he's, 
out of the abundance of his heart, he spewed out the things that he had been dealing with and holding back. So that's a pretty low percentage. Yeah, I just I just really feel like that the Lord is He's on this and I think that this last week of the year I think we need to to be very mindful of this as we go as we cross over. It's almost like you know, we talked on Sunday about the parting of the sea. I, I just I, I just I sense something significant. I mean, we know in the the calendar January thirty or December thirty first going into January first. I don't know how real or significant that really is, but I know for us, um, I mean, we are going into a new year, even though we've already entered into the year of the saints. But I just think we need to be mindful, not because I feel like maybe the enemy's going to try to trip us up, but I mean, when I hear just testimonies, wonderful testimonies, but then on the other hand, I also hear words about people that are, you know, on in that place of giving up hope or feeling hopeless or, and, and you know, like you said, what you're processing in your heart is going to drive what comes out of your mouth. And it's a lot about what you talked about on Sunday morning. I just think that it's something that we need to be very mindful of. Especially in this segment of the timetable of the Father, which is what was indicated by Gabriel being released yeah. to go and speak into. Why did he shut his mouth? Yeah. I mean, I, I just almost feel like we're there. I mean, God would shut our mouth if we're not going to. And uh, Because at that point, it was too late to get another friend of the bridegroom. <laughs> oh, yeah, that ship had already sailed. Yeah, because Jesus was coming. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I wonder, uh, <clears throat> Gabriel said, you know, I'm going to have to shut your mouth so you don't screw up what I'm here to say. But I know that we've had other things in history where we've studied and we've recognized how many times has have people testified, you know, the Lord told me that there was a... There were other things that he tried to do, and they, they, those people didn't do it or wouldn't do it, and so then I said, here am I. It's like Isaiah. I mean, think about that. Yeah, touch, touch the coal, but who, who will go for me? Who can I send? That indicates that Isaiah <laughs> probably wasn't, the first plan he was the ultimate plan in god's timetable that was what should happen but there had to be others who should have done that well just so many of the prophets that we read about i mean how many times did they use their words to curse themselves and the plan of god in that place oh goodness we've talked about this so many times or even when Joshua came into the into the land and the, the Mount of Blessing and the Mount of Cursing. And that's the first place God really led them. Yeah, I just, you know, when you said, and you did mention this on Sunday, you were talking about John the Baptist and about how we were called 
goodness, we were called as that to prepare the way of the Lord. And and then you just said, Jesus is coming. I mean, it that was a reality. It was already in motion. It was already a reality. I believe it's a reality for us. And so, I mean, we see in part, we know in part. I just, I really just sense the spirit on this. And I mean, even when you said Jesus is coming, I mean, first thing that I thought was Maranatha. I mean, Lord, let him come. Lord, come. And that should be our cry. But what do we have to do to prepare for that? And how do we guard ourselves in the midst of the absolute? Because think about the world, what it was like when he came. We think it's hard now. I, I Can you even imagine being one of those disciples in that day? I mean, they were running for their very lives. They were getting martyred. They were, uh, you know, the Roman government was not an easy one to be under. And we think ours is hard because we have a vaccine mandate. <laughs> And I'm not laughing because it's not funny, but this is not new news. Well, you even think about in Isaiah 7 where it spoke about um, uh, ask ask me a sign. And Ahaz said, I'm not asking for anything. I'm not going to believe any of this stuff. He spoke it. And Isaiah said, I'll give you a sign. A virgin will conceive and you'll call his name Emmanuel. And um, even at that, the first real promise of the coming of Jesus, there was somebody in authority who was damning things. I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to shout. I'm not partnering with this. Yeah. I'm not going to believe this. And <laughs> it's it's really interesting. I'm... Speaking of, well, I don't want to change topic. You, you mentioned the end time. But I'll, I'll just say this. I do, I do think we are definitely in the end times. Your grandfather taught about it. And everybody thought, well, it's going to be any day now. And we lived through that. You know, the, the Jerusalem, Israel being a nation, that was before us. And then the Six-Day War, that was when I was alive. And, you know, late great planet Earth, the Thief in the Night movies, Jesus is Coming. Um, yesterday, it was all over the place that this Swedish company has perfected a, a little thing that's the size of a rice did you see that? And it would be a kind of a vaccine passport kind of a thing. That they inject into your under your skin. They either put it in the in between the, the they said between the thumb and the finger, or no, no they didn't say in the forehead. <laughs> I was joking. No, but I thought, you know, you think about it. You think about it. It's vaccine business. You think about identity thieves. You think about, um, you know, people having their... Um, it, it's just to preserve their finances and their livelihood. We're, we're right there 
for Mark of the Beast business. And and with all the hoopla about the vaccine mandate and, and the mask mandate and all that stuff, I think the thing that triggers most Christians is that when we see this, we hear the footsteps of the next step for leftists and progressives and for people that are that are others, others who are demonically driven. You take this mark or you're not going out. You're not going to buy anything. You're not going to have a job. So that that's and that's why the the media doesn't understand why people who believe the Bible don't want to have anything to do with this because it's like, what's the next step? What's the next thing? If we bow to this, we know what's coming. And so I think, you know, I, re- I remember years ago, we used to joke, it, and I shouldn't even tell this. I- I'll say it this way. There are a lot of people who believe, like, if you went to an amusement park and they stamped your hand for re-entry, people wouldn't take that because they said, you know, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have that, because you know there was just such a reaction to the coming of the mark of the beast. So, anyway, the point is, is that we are at a, we're at a moment, and I, I, I'm with you. I think. The Lord is coming. This thing is here. And God has brought the saints to this point. And we're, I don't mean to sound presumptuous, but we're it. What we're doing is important. And there's no messing around. And so we have to, we have to recognize this troubling moment, both in Zacharias and in Mary. And we need to be very careful with what you brought before us, this, what, what we, what our heart is galvanized to and stay with what God's asked us to be and to do. Yeah. You know, yesterday we were speaking to basically a continent and we were talking about training and we were talking about the things that arguably will lead us then into a training regimen that we've needed for the French-speaking world, and then subsequently we'll emulate that for the the Portuguese. Um, and then, hopefully, it can then domino into Spanish. Um, but time, time is getting away, and we've got so much... So much that the Father has given us, we've got to work for the night is coming. We've got to train these disciples. Go into the world and make disciples. Don't just get people walking up the aisle, shaking the hand of the pastor and thinking, that's it. That's not making a disciple. That's birthing a baby, probably. Um, So the Lord's got to help us. We need all these workers. We need what you saw years ago. Amen. Hallelujah. So, wouldn't it be a remarkable thing if the Lord came back during the year of the saints? <laughs> you know, it's funny because, yeah, wouldn't that be great? I was standing down in the sanctuary, in the cold sanctuary, 
a little while ago, and um, I was declaring great favor, and I was looking out over the things that I'd seen in these dreams and was declaring them. And I leaned up against the post. I was at the nation's wall, and I, I said, Lord, just roll back the, the barrier between earth and heaven. Just yeah. roll it back. We don't want you walking into the room. We don't want any of those trite phrases. Just let us experience like your kingdom come. Let us experience what we see in intercession. And and then I thought, <laughs> I won't say what I thought. I, I'm just so ready to be in, in heaven. I'm just so ready. I see what's happening in the earth, and we've got work to do, and we're welcoming the Lord. But it just, it just grieves me to see the way the enemy's moving. It's definitely difficult. But I just hearken back to the words or the the prayer that Jesus prayed over his disciples before he left. When he said, Father, I'm not asking that you remove them from the world, but that you keep them from evil. Wow. And when it's time, it'll be time. But until then, we have to just trust him that he's going to keep us. He's going to tarry us from evil. And truly the best days are ahead. But but we have to think we have to we have to train our mind and keep on it. <laughs> that's that's what honor really is. Yeah. Stay in honor. <laughs> we have to stay in the word i mean you talk about making disciples and you know i'm excited what we're what we're about to do with the french-speaking people it's daunting but it's exciting because we've taught so much in those nations nematocost understandings but to actually teach them how to fish on their own yeah. is huge and that that's our calling and then to watch that spread through other nations is so important and you know i wonder why now i mean why now because they do have to learn how to fish i mean they they have to learn how to seek out and find find it in the word on their own and yeah and you know we love our french brothers and sisters we love mm. we love that the the countries there particularly france we're so grateful that god brought us into alliance there uh those they were our first real allies and we had ministry in africa and we reached out there in a big way and we're thankful for the seeds that were planted but those that came alongside us and really worked in the initial days were the french and um, we're so grateful for that. And we see the skills and the giftings, the teachers, the seers, the intercessors, the ways that the, the people, particularly in France, are willing to do anything. I mean, just, we, we're, we were surprised. But all that being said, 
as we're preparing to do some of the things that you referenced, we were stunned that as we were searching with Luke and Sylvie particularly, to see what's available over there for the study of the word. We here in America are so blessed. We can have volumes of commentaries and but to me the main thing commentaries I, I I use them every now and then just to to make sure just a reference yeah but my main thing is the the lexicons and the the people who spent their lifetime studying root meanings and what this means in the scripture none of that is available in french and we looked and they looked didn't we yes we did. And Sounds and it different. really stuns you to think here are these teachers, seers, these frontline skilled people and we really have a privilege to be able to to take um Nemonikos principles there but we're really You were tasked with trying to teach how to study the Word, and you're really having to to do some backflips to try to figure out how do you do it. This resource isn't available. This resource isn't available. This that just the common things that we would do, and and so I don't want to go too far with that, but. We've we've got a lot of work to do for the nights coming, and um, and it amazes me because you know you see these American ministries that go over there from the latter rain and and they they all bring their bells and whistles and they oh this is this thing you know we're gonna we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that and they speak their doctrines, but. Nobody took the time to say, hey, let's get some of these resources into the heavenly language. Let's get them into French. I don't understand that. That stuns me. So it's a great honor. And and that is, I don't mean any point of casting aspersions to the French people. I'm not, because I love and value them. They're such powerful men and women of God and so smart, so intelligent. So I'm not saying anything negative in that regard. I'm just saying, and I I don't want to throw everything at the enemy, but our enemy has really tried to keep these resources that we here take for granted. And the same thing could be said in Portuguese. (laughs) None of this stuff is available for them. None of these things. So what we get, and we can resource this, and we can lay this on the table, and we can say, and to those who who can speak English and who can walk with us in studies in those resources, yes, they can take it, but they can't go to somebody in Lyon or or uh, Nice and say, okay, let's let's study this. Because they don't have that resource. They'll have to walk it through. Which can be done. 
Um, but I took us way off track. We've got a lot of work to do, and, and we've got to make declaration properly, and we've got to guard our mouths. And I'm speaking to myself because, look, I'm, I'm not saying something, oh, you better do it. I recognize that I have to do it because it's so easy mm-hmm. to... It's, it's like, like what David said. You referenced it earlier. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit. Mm-hmm. He didn't say anything about the mind. Did he? No, but... Because he was, at least that's what David... He was meditating daily. So his mind, I think he probably thought was, I'm constantly thinking on the things of the Lord, but I've got to make sure that my heart is aligned and I've got to make sure that my spirit is active. Mm-hmm. So anyway. So we've got about uh, six minutes left. Maybe we should make some declaration. Declaration. And we're gonna make some declaration. <laughs> you, you, you have any? You want to commence the declarating? <laughs> Let's decree and declare. There's too many people decorating when they should be declarating. That's what. Hey, they I should declared be while I decorated. <laughs> I ain't done no decorations, <laughs> but I'm commencing to declarating. Pastor, uh, declarating is not a word. <laughs> I know that. It's in the Nematocos Dictionary. It is. It's somewhere. <laughs> it's in that calendar Isai made. Yeah, we threatened to, to put together our own Nematocos Dictionary a long time ago. I wish we'd have done that. You know, remember when we were saying so many words and so many funny things over those first years, and Isai drew those little sketches, that monthly flip-it calendar, and we put those every day so good that was funny that was so funny well we declare we speak I don't want to use that term I'm not even going to say that I'm speaking over you that the gifts and the callings of God that are without repentance are fully functional in you and that the spirit of the Lord would stir those gifts and that you in turn would Mm -hmm. stir up the grace that's within you. Remember the scripture says stir up the gifts that that's grace. Mm -hmm. That you would stir up the grace and that you would cause the loins of your mind to be strong and uh, in alignment with what God wants. <clears throat> and that you would be a student of his word and that we would remember what God has given us and that we would make a fresh commitment and a fresh pursuit of that. Your turn. Yeah. I just, there's a couple things that I sense. I I just pray that That everything, and this is just really piggybacking on what you just said, but that everything that comes out of our mouth would be in perfect alignment with the divine and eternal purpose and plan of God 
and that the the stirrings in our hearts, the the things that that prick us emotionally because your emotions are in your heart or they're expressed through your heart, but the things that affect you emotionally just by being in this world, that God would just supernaturally help you, help us to process and and to 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 remain sanctified and pure and that hope would be alive and that that what comes out of us in these next days would be fruitful and would be life-giving and would be purpose-driven and and blessing mm-hmm. and and that we would be just really sensitive when we when when the enemy comes in and tries to stir up but when there's a stirring we would commit that to the meditation the process of meditation and and you know let it be a sila something that you work through in intercession to bring forth a word a promise of breakthrough and not a curse and and also i mean i just ever since sunday cuz this network has been hit with a lot of physical issues you know physical challenges and the lord just kept saying to me on sunday morning he just kept reminding me of of the centurion man who came to jesus and said if you'll just speak the word he'll be healed mm-hmm. and i just i mean he spoke the word and and it was done and i just i mean he's called us to walk in greater the greater the greater measure and i just i want to walk in that i want i want what comes out of me when i speak the word that there be righteous result that there be healing that there be wholeness that there be restoration and all the things that god has called us to affect here on the earth mm-hmm. And and so I'm just claiming that. Amen. Really. Well, I think we can all be in agreement that the great favor of the Lord is upon us as we are officially into this year of the saints and from henceforth that God is sending us the people that he has chosen who are being brought in by his directive and that those skilled anointed ministers and workers will move with efficacy and speed to partner with what God is wanting to have done. And we speak the great advance and expansion um, that, that the Lord knows we need to see in the kingdom. Amen. See, because I say this, and you, you all know this, this is not about us. It's not about us here at the Father's Church. It's not about our ministry. It's not about expanding so that we can say, oh, look at all these places we have. Sometimes I feel like in a cheerleading mode, we have to say this so people know, look, remember, this is what's happening. But there's no there's no financial agenda here because we. <laughs> this is not... This is reaching people. That sounds altruistic, but it really is the truth. We're not saying this so that 
our our bank account gets bigger because there's no correlation between those things. This is solely about what our Father has given us to do mm-hmm. and making disciples. That's it. Because if we've seen in the warning over this past two years how quickly things can be cut off, how we can be cut off from these people groups. So our indigenous brothers and sisters, they've got to have the tools They've got to have the instruction to stand when, once again, we're prohibited from traveling, and they are too, and it's them and the Lord. So that's our motivation, and I think we can all agree with that. We also speak, and I know we're out of time, to every one of you who are facing a physical uh, challenge right now. We proclaim the health and healing Mm. and the restoration of our Lord Jesus Christ to be with you. I know you declared that on Sunday so powerfully, but we continue to put Mm. that forward. This is is a booster shot of faith for you. May the Father release his perfect healing and, and health, walking health, in Jesus' name. Amen. One more thing you just said reminded me of something that when you asked me to declare, there was a couple things, and one of them was out of Jude, where we are called to build up our most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. And so I want to encourage all of us to be diligent with praying in the Spirit and let that most holy faith be built up, because I think that when you just said that, um, we are in a walk of faith, and that's how you build it up. Your saintly faith is is being engaged in your spirit, man. And I just think that that's so necessary for us right now. Amen. And I have one more thing to say, and I know we're out of time, but um, back to this passage about the meditations of our hearts being acceptable in his sight. Um, you know, acceptable, I said, was this word brisson, which means favor, um, but when I went to, to go back, because I always go back and look and see what's been taught about this, and I went back through one of your books, and you talk about raison, and you link it with the sasan, which is the season or the timing of the Lord. And so I, I, I think that when when I spoke this, I really feel like this is something for us in this season. I think that this is a command for us for this season that... Um, God is bringing favor. You've prophesied that. You've dreamed about that. But the prerequisite is those meditations of our heart. Hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. Voila. So maybe the raison to the saison is like the kairos to the chronos or the rhema to the logos. Yeah. Yeah. But it's in, we are in his timing. We are in his the timetable of the purpose of the Father. We are right where we're supposed to be. And, I mean, in the beginning of this year of the saints, our hearts have to be pure. And and what comes out of our hearts, what we speak, has got to be in alignment with his eternal plan in this season. Praise God. Yeah. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll reach out again tomorrow. 
of Wednesday Night Live. <laughs> and I guess at about 6 o'clock we'll be broadcasting the candlelight deal. <laughs> so have a wonderful day. Thanks for joining us, and um, God bless you all. <laughs>